The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello there, this is the St Albans Film Guide, Friday the 10th of September. I'm producer Sam and with me this week with all the knowledge, it's friend of the show, local film fan, Christopher Aikman. I don't say all of the knowledge, I mean <clears throat> some of the knowledge. <laughs> It's all there. You've got I it I have some of the knowledge. All right, fine. Well, we will be looking at your choice of f- films on free-to-air television, uh, looking at your your pick for where to next, and some f- films on new, uh, that are new to streaming platforms. But first of all, we'll kick off with films that are released new to the cinema. Yes, so we're going to start with one that actually came out two days ago uh, on Wednesday. Uh, it's not a Friday release. It came out two days ago, and it's called Malignant. And this is the latest film by James Wan, who is more well-known for um, The Conjuring, a series of films, and he also directed uh, Aquaman. And uh, this is his latest horror film. He's going back to his horror uh, roots. Um, and... You know, as a result, I won't be watching it, but you might see it at some point. <laughs> I might well do. I might well do. Yeah, I think the uh, the advert. I've seen the trailer um, on TV, so I don't know if that's like the. Obviously, that's not the full trailer. I guess no. You've got a thirty second advert or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looked. Yeah, it looked pretty. Sim- no, similar. Not similar. That isn't the right word. But you know, it looked in line with the Conjuring and and so forth. So yeah, exciting. Well, he is sort of one of the top um, horror directors working today. And, I mean, Warner Brothers Pictures um, release says, in the film, Madison, that's played by Annabelle Wallace, is paralysed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are, in fact, terrifying realities. Okay, so when I was a teenager and your brain is, like, rewiring and stuff, I used to have terrible nightmares of murders and things. So this is just real life. (laughs) Yeah, it's a, it's a biopic of you. Oh, good. <laughs> Did you ever find out that these are your your terrible nightmares were in fact uh, terrifying realities? Thankfully, no. So maybe oh, they were good. happening. Maybe they were happening somewhere around the world. I don't know, but yeah, maybe. Um, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully not. No. So that's malignant. Now, out today, uh, a bit of a change of pace from malignant is respect. Uh, which is a um, musical bio, uh, biopic uh, about Aretha Franklin and her life and career. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Uh, in, indeed. And Aretha here played by uh, Oscar winner Jennifer Hudson. Um, and so it's, it's from her, but yeah, it's basically her life from, you know, being a young child singing in church uh, to basically being, what, you know, arguably one of the greatest singers of all time. Um, so... Amazing, and Jennifer Hudson is amazing. So she is. She's I amazing. think it'll be it'll be really yeah really interesting story. I'm sure. Uh, so that is out today. Um, also out today is herself, uh, which is the latest um, film from uh, Felidia Lloyd. Is this an directed... Irish movie at all? Uh, why do you say that? Because um, often in Ireland you'd refer to uh, someone as herself or himself. Like I think you've. Come across this, Chris. Me, <laughs> you know himself, or um, that yeah. sort of. Uh, it's hard to think of a, an exact sentence phrasing 
context, I, but no, it, it's I, not. I, I don't. I don't know. Is the is the answer specifically whether it's it's Irish? Although uh, the lead character, the herself in question, is played by Claire Dunn, who is an Irish actor. Mm. Um, so. Uh, Lydia Lloyd herself is English and, and well known for directing uh, Mamma Mia, the first Mamma Mia, and also The Iron Lady, uh, the Margaret Thatcher film uh, starring Meryl Streep. But uh, this is about um, a woman called Sandra, uh, who's determined to improve the life, the lives of her daughters, and though facing huge challenges, draws together a community of friends to aid her mission to build herself a home, uh, build themselves a home. Sorry. Um, so this is a bit more, yeah, low-key low drama compared to Malignant and Respect. There's quite a few things, actually, out in the cinema this week uh, for all different sort of, you know, film lovers. And then uh, finally, uh, also out today, is Cop Shop. Uh, I've seen a few trailers for this. Um, <clears throat> this stars uh, Frank Grillo as a con artist called Teddy, who um, basically he's he's... He's got people after him uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and so he gets himself arrested uh, and captured by the police. But also someone who's been captured by the police is a hitman who's after him uh, called Bob, played by Jared Butler. Uh, and so they're locked up together. And, um, well, based on the trailer, at some point the S hits the fan and it, it all goes a bit downhill for, for old Teddy. And Okay. So, okay. Let me get this straight. The yeah. a person who is being sought after by a hitman is yep. then locked up with said hitman in a jail. Yeah, and they're like, you know, in the same cell or whatever. Well, he gets so he he gets himself arrested by the police on purpose. Okay, so he can so, be like he so he has like protection. Protection. Okay, but, but then the hitman as well gets himself arrested, so he can get in there as well with him. Clever. Okay. So I mean, it seems like a really short film, but okay. Well, it's one hour and 47 minutes long, so... Well, some other stuff must go on. Yeah, I, I imagine it's not the sort of thing they just get in there in prison and the hitman kills him and that's it, and they're done, 25 minutes, bish, bash, bosh. Well, short um, movies are a thing. They are, but they're not, not normally this one. released in cinemas like this. Uh, mm. So, so yeah, that is what is in the cinemas uh, this week. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Okay, Chris, thank you for your cinema information. And now let's move on to what is new to streaming. Yeah, there's there's only one thing of sort of real note, um, I'd say, on Netflix. Uh, there's nothing on Amazon that I could see that was new, uh, a bit dry this week. Uh, but on Netflix, um, there's the new film, Kate, um, directed by Cedric Nicholas Troyan. And it stars Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the amazing, fantastic Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. More recently seen, in th I say more recently, it was about 18 months ago, uh, in things like uh, Birds of Prey, 
and she's in that more uh, going back a bit further she was in scott pilgrim versus the world and she's uh, done a great many things she's a very versatile actor uh, in this case she's playing the um eponymous kate uh, who is a hit woman who gets poisoned and she has 24 hours to live and thus 24 hours to get her revenge on whomever poisoned her okay um, so it's a uh, very much a ticking clock situation and um yeah i mean i love watching mary elizabeth winston in pretty much anything she's great yeah i i was ex- i was excited to see the tra- the trailer for this on I don't know, perhaps it was on... No, it was just a still, you know, when Netflix goes under sort of screensaver yeah. mode. Uh, and yeah, the the sort of advert for it popped up there. And I was like, hang on, I know I know this lady. She's yeah. one of the few people I actually recognise. <laughs> um, I was like, she was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. I need to see this yes. movie. 10 Cloverfield Lane, another great um, film. Yeah, just, just... I didn't actually even care what it was about. I just knew that I wanted to watch it because... <laughs> She's in it, and it's going to be good. I'm sure. She's she's one of the. I, I can't remember the film. I might have to try see if I can quickly look it up now. But there was a film one time. Um, I was flicking through the channels, and came across a film with Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, and it was one of her much earlier ones. Um, and it's basically about. It was like an athletics movie, or like a, a gymnastics movie, um, and I can't find it now. But it, I, I just sat and watched it. It was great, but like because she was really good at it. <laughs> um, I do feel like you have some actors that just manage to like really pick, even if they're not like huge releases. You can go through their back catalogue, and every single movie is like a like a little gem. Yeah, and I think yeah, she's one of them. So yeah, certainly we're gonna check it out. Uh, it seems like our sort of thing. So, Chris, part three is here, and where are we headed? Where to next? Well, so yeah, this is the uh, part of the podcast where we go. We go around the world. We've. Uh, I mean, this is only the third time we've done it so far. But we started off in Japan with Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. We then went a bit closer to home in uh, France for Les Misérables. And this time uh, we went to Senegal uh, and we watched Atlantics, or in French, Atlantique. Uh, this came out uh, in 2019. It's directed by Matty Diop, who is a um, French Senegalese uh, director. And it's about uh, Ada, played by Mame uh, Beneta Sane. And I really apologize uh, for um, any mispronunciations. Um, but uh, Ada is a young Senegalese woman who is due to marry. At the start of the film, uh, she's due to marry in 10 days' time um, to a man called Omar, who's from a very wealthy family. But she's actually in love with Suleiman, uh, played by Ibrahima Traore. And um, he's a young construction worker. And him and his colleagues have not been paid for for four months and they suddenly disappear him and his friends uh they're referred to often as as the men um the men disappear and they have basically decided to make a desperate um boat journey in the atlantic to spain uh so this is senegal if you don't know if your geography is not very good senegal is in um uh, west africa and uh yeah on the Atlantic coast. And so 
in theory, if you just sort of go up around the sort of, you know, top of Africa there, you can get to Spain. Uh, but obviously, it's a very treacherous journey, especially if you're not a, an actual sailor. Um, so they go on this boat journey. Uh, but then soon, strange things start to, to happen. And uh, people start falling ill and acting strangely. And it's 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 a very interesting film because so Matty Diop basically chose unknown actors, people who weren't actors. So Mame uh, Sane and Ibrahim Atrari never acted before, uh, along with most of the cast. They were people they sort of just picked out. And I don't know about you, but I thought this gave it... Um, their acting as well as some of how it was shot gave it kind of a bit of a documentary feel in occasion on occasion. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't know that, but now that you say it, it, it did feel like they were just real people, regular people, um, which, of course, I know actors act that yeah. the whole time. <laughs> That's what they're going for, yeah. But, you know, often when when we're, you know, all the movies pretty much that we've just spoken about previously in the in the other two parts are, you know, fantastical in some way, um action horror etc where it's yeah but maybe they're being portrayed in like a real life situation but it's more to an extreme right if you've got like Mm. someone playing an action hero or something and i know this this movie has like a slight twist in it but yeah it definitely felt like you say sort of more documentary style um yeah yeah so there's um there's a section uh, i think it's the wedding section uh part of it is um like the, the camera is just sort of there and it's like there's people celebrating this wedding and talking mm. and everything like that and the camera is often just kind of still and just and it's yeah it seemed to me just shot like it would be if it were a documentary that like this is this is real life happening and and you know the, the film has like so many different sort of themes it touches on different things of like you know class and unemployment and um religion and the refugee crisis and 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 like so ada is herself torn um between i mean she has this what we can only she it's not never explicitly said but we can assume an arranged marriage essentially um which her parents wanted to have because omar is very wealthy he comes from a good family and like she has she has a friend a friend from childhood who is also very religious um and but then she has other friends who are sort of well her friend from childhood like wears headscarves and is more religious but then she has other friends who you know run a bar and they go out on this beach beachfront bar and um they drink and have fun and they're sort of like, you know they're trying to be young women at the same time as sort of being pushed into to marriage but i think i think you know we can let's go let's go into slight spoilers okay so um, we put a timestamp in here shall we a timestamp so if, if you if you don't want this spoiled um then please go to this timestamp 19 right so it this the film because I, I went into it not knowing very little about it um i just I, I looked up to see whether it had like good reviews you didn't know anything about it did I, you? I was gonna say i knew the title from when you said next week oh sorry next yeah. month we'll be watching yeah, yeah sure I, I looked up um to whether it had generally favorable reviews and i saw as well that it, it um won the grand prix um at the Cannes film festival in 2019 that's basically the second best prize um at impressive the 
Cannes Film Festival. And also, by do, by being at the Cannes Film Festival, uh, Matty Diop was the first ever black woman to direct a film featured in the Cannes Film Festival. Wow. So it only took till 2019 to <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, jeez. But it, it, the film takes some, like, twists in a way. Because, yeah, like I said in the introduction, people start acting strangely, that people are ill for no apparent reason. And then... People, people start waking up in the middle of the night, sort of taken over, these bodies taken over, and they go and start harassing the owner of the company that has been building this big tower that Suleiman and his co- colleagues have been working on, and they haven't been paid, and they haven't been paid by this businessman, and they start harassing him and asking for the money, and it becomes clear that the men uh, didn't make it on their journey uh, to Spain, their, their boat capsized and they all drowned but they basically come back as ghosts at night to to exact sort of revenge in a way through through these young women that have been that have been left behind basically all of these so once the men go the bar that ada and her friends frequent is populated only by the women left behind their girlfriends or you know whoever and I thought it was a really interesting sort of tack, like change that it did, but it didn't become like outright fantasy or anything. It wasn't like a, or like it wasn't scary. No, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was done in a way like that was actually it felt believable as well. Like it wasn't like oh suddenly this turned into like a weird horror like that's not that doesn't feel like you could suspend your disbelief about it. I felt it quite naturally fell into that the way they sort of mm. introduce the illness slowly and then you start to yeah. see what's actually happening and at first you're not quite sure what is happening and then it becomes much clearer later on so yeah yeah no it was um i i would i would certainly and i'm sure you would to recommend this film absolutely um, yeah and it is on it was on netflix uh for anyone who um would like to uh to watch it and if you if you want to Tell us what you thought about it, then uh, Chris at com is uh, my email address. Uh, let us know. Um, yeah, it is a very, very affecting movie and, and like great performances all around from a cast that had never, never acted before. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's a mark of a good d- director really as well, isn't it? That you can mm. um, extract these performances from people. In a way that, yeah, that perhaps you couldn't if you're not skilled in the in directing them. Yeah. Um, so I look forward to seeing what uh, Matty Diop does next. Now is the uh, time we've all been waiting for. Is where are we? Where to next? Where in the world are we going? Now the last three films I picked uh, have all were all on uh, Netflix. I thought, you know, let's stop giving. I was picking them because I, I I was taking the chance that a fair amount of people listening to this would have Netflix. I'd say it's probably the most popular streaming service. Yeah, I think that's uh, a mo- fair assumption. Most people have it. But in, instead, I thought, I'd see what else is on um, some other streaming platforms. And so we're going to BBC iPlayer this time. Uh, and uh, at the same time, heading um, back uh, to Asia... Uh, the continent of Asia, uh, more specifically South Korea, 
where they have uh, another film also from 2019, uh, who which also played at the Cannes Film Festival in 2019, uh, as did Atlantics. And this is, it should be quite a different sort of film. Uh, it's called The Gangster, The Cop, The Devil. Uh, and it's apparently based on a true story, um, but this is going to be more of a sort of action thriller style uh, film, um, as opposed to the sort of, you know, uh, reflections on on loss and remorse and class struggle and the refugee crisis that uh, Atlantics was. Um, but yeah, uh, that's on BBC iPlayer, The Gangster, The Cop, The Devil. Uh, and again, if you want to get in contact, uh, chris at stalbanspodcast.com or indeed sam at stalbanspodcast.com um, and it will get to one of us. Let us know. Hi, I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week, I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's One to One with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Okay, Chris, we actually uh, went to the cinema the other day, didn't we? We did indeed. Uh, I almost forgot about that. Yes, uh, we saw... It, it's a, I mean, it's a bit of an indie release. I don't know how many people will see it. An indie um, release, yeah. It's not in many, not in many uh, cinemas, no, it, is it? it? From the director of um, other indie films like uh, Short Term 12, The Glass Castle and Just Mercy... Um, Destined Daniel Cretton, uh, if you didn't already know. Uh, it's uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, yeah, by this indie producer, uh, Marvel, I believe they're called. Um, <laughs> Marvel. Yeah, so this is, this is of course, the 25th film in the MCU. Who, who knew that all those years ago, when I went with a uni friend, because we were a bit bored one evening, went to see Iron Man, and it came out in 2008, uh, that 13 years later, we'd be watching the 25th of those films. And they, they've they got, like, a whole thing mapped out, haven't they? They've got, like, 25 more I mapped mean, out. There's two more coming out this year alone. Uh, and then you've got, you know... Thor 4 and you've got Guardians and the Galaxy 3 and you've got the Marvels and you've got uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and you've got Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantumania and Quantumania? Yeah, please. Quantumania <laughs> Oh my days Quantumania I am, very much so not, uh, you know, not just Quantum it- <laughs> Okay They've got, they've got so, they've got TV shows and everything. It's, it's, it's so big. But anyway, um, Shang Chi, um, is, um, yes, by uh, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, as we said, um, and stars Simu Liu 
as uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, it's also uh, Aquafina, Ming-Er Zhang, uh, Fala Chen, Florian Mintao, uh, Benedict Wong, um, the legendary Michelle Yeoh, and uh, equally legendary uh, Tony Leung. Um, and I believe, I might be mistaken, um, but Tony Leung, uh, who plays the villain of the film, I believe this is his first ever Hollywood movie. He's he's a bit of a legend within um, Chinese and, and Hong Kong cinema. Um, but, yeah, this is his first ever movie in Hollywood. And, That's cool. Uh, yeah, so so Shang Chi is an is an origin story. A new he's a new character that's not appeared in the MCU before. And I thought, as, as far as origin stories go within the MCU, I thought it was one of the better ones. I I really enjoyed this. Yeah, I I did as well. I I feel like unlike a lot of the other, you know, we know about Spider Man, we know about Thor. You know, that's a lot more a part of our Western you know, Norse mythology is probably something we've heard of a bit more and Spider-Man we've heard of a thousand times over. Mm. But yeah, this this um, these comics, like, well, you know, I, I it's not something I'm familiar with. Of course, people that are into comics, are into Marvel comics will probably be familiar with it, but for a wider audience, for sure, not. Basic people like us. Um, yeah. Don't know, you know, I, I yeah, I like... I've like you know I've read comic books before, but I wouldn't ever call myself really a, a comic book reader. I've read them in sort of patches and things, but I'm really into the MCU. But yeah, I just really liked you know all the new characters that brought to it. The the, mm-hmm. I mean because it, the it has a whole the the character is a martial artist, and all the characters are martial artists, and that's their fighting style, and that's not that's not been seen in the MCU films before. Like that's, no. Um, and that it's brought... more. Let's punch stuff until it breaks. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, and and you know that's that's fine for different characters, but it added a bit of um, like you know variation on finesse. Uh, yeah, and, and just sort of different fights, and they could be a bit more imaginative with some of the stuff they did. Um, and yeah, I I very much enjoyed it. I'm looking to yeah. see, look forward to see where they go next. Yeah, I would certainly yeah recommend this. I mean, it is still a Marvel movie. You're still yeah. you're still going to see a Marvel movie. Like you can pretty much they've got their formula down. You know yes. the sort you know the formula of the movie, what it's going to be like. But to have that different aspect, like you say, the different fighting styles, the different background, culture, etc., just made it that much more interesting. Yes. Um, there's a whole, you know, there's whole chunks of it that are not in the English language, yeah, as well. Um, so if you need reading glasses for, for the movie, then bring them. <laughs> there are, uh, yes, there are subtitles. <laughs> um, so yeah, just uh, refreshing, I think. It, it's quite, it's quite um, impressive, really. Yeah. So as you say, Marvel have this formula, obviously that you know it's pretty well established now, um, but through that formula. They've managed to sort of make it so that they have a, a a good baseline of movies. They're not like they're not all over the place, like up and down in quality. Um, they're like even if they're sort of okay, they're still like pretty good movies. Like there's none of them have been like terrible. I've certainly not watched any that I've been like that was rubbish. 
Um, <laughs> like they, they've set this baseline, which, uh, you know, one criticism is because they have this formula, they have this baseline. Sometimes like the movies can be a bit samey. They've got, you know, this whole big third act, you know, has to have a big mm-hmm. old massive fight scene. And, and yeah, that, and that, that's, uh, I think a problem that this film has as well, where I would have liked to have seen it do something a bit different. Uh, same with Black Widow when that came out uh, a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, yeah. and but that doesn't make the films as a whole um, bad films. I like up until that point, that that would be my only real criticism is that sort of you know the end is the or the climactic fight is sort of kind of much of a muchness, but before that, all the stuff leading up to it, I thought was really enjoyable and sort of different and exciting. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, catch that when you can. Okay, Chris, here we are finally into part yep. four. Yep. Although I suppose technically this is kind of a part five this time. Sure. That we uh, interjected with our thoughts on on the movie at the cinema there. But yes, part four is your choice of films on free-to-air television, starting with tonight at 9pm, Friday the 10th of September, we have Logan on E4. Yes, this is uh, James Mangold's Logan. Um, so we're just talking actually about a, a superhero movie and one in a franchise and making something a bit different to other films would be a bit nice. And actually, this is a really good example of when you take something from a pre-existing franchise and you do something a bit different with it. So this is Logan, um, the the classic character, otherwise known as Wolverine, played by Hugh Jackman. Um, and you know Wolverine himself as a character played by Hugh Jackman has appeared in so many different X-Men movies as well as you know several standalone ones uh, like origin stories and things like that um and you know and and again they sort of you know very quietly some of them are excellent X-Men 2 is still one of the best sort of uh, superhero uh, films in my opinion and X-Men Origins Wolverine is very much not. And <laughs> but Logan, Logan did something different because they they took away a lot of the characters um associated with the X-Men and they they set it in the future and this is basically old man Logan. Logan is a character who because his because of his mutation he can he can regenerate constantly. He he gets injured and he heals almost instantly. He's got adamantium on his bones and he's got these adamantium claws. Um, but throughout the X-Men movies, he gets injured. He heals himself up. And because of that, he lives an incredibly long time. He's basically not immortal, but he ages very differently to other people. And this is set in a, um, a future where his mutation is starting to basically wear off as he's getting older and he is actually starting to age and he's starting to, he's got scars now. He's not healing as he used to. Uh, And he's like the X-Men themselves are basically sort of disappeared, like, you know, dead themselves. They've gone like the sort of age of mutants is kind of over and, you know, they've been hunted and things like that. And he is on the run. Essentially he's working as a limo driver. He's on the run looking after, an even more elderly Charles Xavier, played by Sir Patrick Stewart, who, as we know, is a, a, a you know incredibly powerful psychic, um, but in his old age has um, sort of Alzheimer's or dementia, um, a degenerative condition, which basically means that he he's sort of out of control of himself. He's sort of you know 
forgets things, but also he can't really control his powers. And they've sort of turned, you know, a massive mutant, like, superhero franchise into a much more smaller, almost family drama um, of this sort of weird, weird family. And and they basically, they, they have to start protecting this little little girl who's also a mutant to her powers. And they have to go on the run. And it's, you know, just them as a, a family. I mean, not to say there's not, like, action sort of set pieces and things like that. There are. Um, but it's on a much sort of smaller scale um, than certainly you see in an MC, MCU movie. So it would be nice to see the MCU sort of attempt to do something a bit different like this. Um, because Logan is, is excellent and Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart are wonderful. And it's a sort of, yeah, a really, yeah, just really good change of pace. It's quite refreshing. I mean, that's, that's quite interesting because Black Widow, I mean, I don't know if we're getting into spoiler territory with, you know, her story arc. Yeah. How long has how long has Endgame been out? Is it spoiler territory? It's been, I think, two thousand eighteen, wasn't it? Sure, I don't, I don't know, but but it's, okay, it's been out a while. Re- regardless, like Black Widow was essentially kind of a standalone movie. Yes. And yet, like you said before, they so still in, had that huge. Twenty nineteen, it came out. Okay, Endgame. So, Endgame came out twenty nineteen. So, I mean, it's been around. It's been um, it's been on Netflix, um, or no, not Netflix. It Disney Plus or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then I guess yeah, not everyone's going to have subscribed to that or whatever. But regardless, Black Widow could could have been like this standalone, similar type of thing where they could have done something a bit different with it. And yet, as you said before, it had this huge battle in the third act, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um. So, like, maybe they missed an opportunity there because they wanted to make this formulaic movie potentially still. I don't know, but interesting anyway. Yeah, it, it's because they could have gone for it being like, yeah, sort of a more like low key spy thriller, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. you know, born, born identity sort of thing, maybe, or, you know, even sort of Bond like if it had been. I'm talking more sort of Daniel Craig Bonds rather than the later Pierce Brosnan Bonds. (laughs) Um, Sure. But, I mean, it is what it is. But It is what it is. Yeah. But Logan, tonight at um, 9 o'clock. That's right. Uh, Moving on to tomorrow, Saturday the 11th of September, we have on ITV at 10.35pm, Gladiator. Yeah, Ridley Scott's uh, classic... Sand and sandals, um, historical. <laughs> sure, <laughs> never uh, heard it described like that. Historical, I love epic, it. Starring uh, Russell Crowe in an Oscar-winning role. Um, it's still pretty, you know. Although it was over twenty years ago, the effects of like the Colosseum and whatnot are still pretty breathtaking today, um, and it's a pretty incredible feat of movie making. Uh, on a much more low-key sort of scale. Uh, over on Great Movies, uh, that's great with an exclamation mark after it, um, we have at 11.20 a film uh, called The Guest, uh, directed by Adam Wingard. Now, Sam, you've seen this film, but I don't know if you'd remember it. 
the look of fear on my face as you say, you've seen this movie. <laughs> Uh, so this is from 2014. It stars Dan Stevens, um, who's a British actor. It's an American movie. And he's a British actor, very well known from uh, Downton Abbey. Um, and he plays a... Is he uh, also Is he also in uh, that X-Men? He, yes. Um, what was that called? Legion. Legion. Okay, I know who you mean. Yeah, go on. Yes, uh, I mean in in you know he's he's the Beast in Disney's live action Beauty and the Beast. He was in Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, as the Russian uh, singer. Oh um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. He's a pretty versatile actor. I, I really like uh, Dan Stevens. He makes a lot of interesting choices um, with his work. Um, but he plays a, a former uh, well, a vet, an Afghanistan vet called David, um, who visits the family of um, someone. He, he, well, they're a family whose son um, has been killed in the war, and David turns up saying he was Caleb's best friend uh, in the army uh, and that Caleb wanted him to go meet his family and look after them any way he can. And so the family basically invite him to stay. Um, but not as all as it seems with David, and it's um, it's a it's a very like exciting, tense, but also sort of darkly comic film, and it's yeah, I, I would very much give it a go at uh, eleven twenty on Great Movies. See, as soon as you started describing it, I I remembered it instantly. I just hadn't remembered the title, so there yes. we are. There you yes, go. I would also recommend. Good. Okay, moving swiftly past Sunday onto Monday, the thirteenth of September, on the Paramount Network, which I'm assuming is a free to air. Uh, it said it was channel. When I looked it up. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it is. Don't worry. Uh, at nine p.m., we have Unforgiven. Yes. So this is. Um... Clint Eastwood's classic uh, western. Um, so I know Sam, you'll love it. Uh, it's a it's sort of, but it's, it's it's a what's called like a, a revisionist western. So it's not all about you know the stuff that annoys you in all other westerns about sort of you know manifest destiny and like oh you know going out and reclaiming the west and you know oh, mm-hmm. so we're on a mission to um, farm this land. No, it's it's very much about an aging outlaw and like gunslinger um basically going going out for one one last job and it's sort of you know it's it's all sort of gritty and uh and sort of dirty and it's it's got a great cast as well of of morgan freeman um gene hackman richard harris and uh yeah it's a very good western which i'm sure you won't watch so i and that's fine I probably will not, but the listener <laughs> might. Yep. And that's all that matters. <laughs> so, Tuesday, 14th of September, on Film 4 at 9pm, we have number, who knows what, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Uh, it's the fifth in the Mission Impossible series. And, you know, Sam, you know how I like... I said, well, like's not a strong enough word. Love the Mission Impossible series, and you so much indeed. so that I um, made you sit down and watch all of them in sequence. Not in one go. That would be bordering on cruel and inhumane. <laughs> um, but no, over the course of a few months, we... Indeed, we did. 
we watched all the Mission Impossibles. This is the fifth one. Um, because uh, number seven is coming out next year, and they are making number eight as well. They're making them back to back. Wow. And, uh, yeah, C- keep going. It's it's one of those. The Mission Impossible films are, apart from, I consider a blip in Mission Impossible Two. They're films that kind of, they just keep getting better, and they, they've. Uh, We've been sort of talking about the Marvel, you know, stuff. They've they've kind of got a formula, um, and they they go they go bigger with the the stunts, and they you know, nearly all of them done by Tom Cruise himself. Uh, in this case, this is the one where he uh, hangs onto the side of a plane as it takes off. Yeah, uh, that that is very impressive. To be fair, and they had to do that. They did it about eight times, I think. Uh, yeah, at least. I mean, we watched the sort of making of that scene, didn't we? Yeah. And I think he was just doing it for kicks by the end. Because he has, so he's hanging on. He's obviously he's obviously got um, incredibly strong wires holding him on. He's wearing um, goggles as well. You don't want to blind Tom Cruise as he's hanging on the side of the plane. Uh, but he's hanging on there and as the plane literally takes off. and But then he's obviously can't just land straight away it has to fly in a circle and then land back down on this <laughs> airstrip again yeah sorry. so he's still on the side of the plane as they're flying around in a circle and they did that at least eight times yeah um, and, it, and the amount i mean i'd the amount of like jet fuel engine <laughs> exhaust or whatever that he must have inhaled is yeah pretty wild but yeah, it's um, I I just I just yeah I just love them. I what can I say? I think uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, the most recent one, is is a truly excellent um, action movie. I mean, they all are, and uh, give them a go. Uh, film four, nine pm on Tuesday. Brilliant. Okay, moving on to Wednesday, fifteenth of September, on ITV four at ten pm, we have Hellboy. Now, which do one indeed. is this? Which Hellboy now, th- is this? This Hellboy is the 2004 um, version of Hellboy, uh, not the 2019 one. Uh, this one is directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro. And it, I mean, I've not seen the 2019 Hellboy, and I'm not going to because no. it got terrible reviews. And the several trailer people didn't, have, yeah. The trailer didn't look good. So, several people who I know have seen it have have warned me away from it. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to watch that. But no, this is the one uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro, starring uh, Ron Perlman as the uh, titular Hellboy, alongside Selma Blair, Jeffrey Tambor, uh, uh, John Hurt, um, and he's Hellboy is a demonic um, being who's found his way to Earth and turned into a superhero. But he's, you know, wisecracking and a um, bit of a slob and, you know, not very good with people. And it's just it's just really good fun. And also, um, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, also directed by Guillermo del Toro, um, came out a few years later. Um, also well worth a watch, a sequel that is uh, as good, if not better, than the original. Well, you don't hear that every day. No, you don't. Excellent. Well, and finally, your final choice on free-to-air television for Thursday, the 16th of September on 4-7 at 10pm 
is dead <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> Sorry, I just really like the way you were really dragging <laughs> it out for suspense. Uh, yes, Deadpool. I've realised now that as we've gone through this, I've gone for a very like superhero um, theme. Well, uh, but you can only through. pick what's out on. That's you true. Know? Like you know, they clearly have got a superhero. You know, one one channel sees that this other channel is putting out superhero movies, so they put their. I feel yeah. like there is like a theme often when you're looking for movies. True. True. So it's it's all it's what you had to work with, Chris. Don't don't apologise for that. Well, I mean, this also does, I think, link into um, how f- sort of superhero movies that break the mold a little bit do really well. So this is mm-hmm. one of the most successful R-rated films of all time, and it was a box office smash and a critical success. And it's so it, it is Deadpool is a Marvel character, but it's one of the ones owned by Sony. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, I think so. So. Although now I've said that, I can't. But anyway, it's not not in you know owned entirely by Marvel. Although they now are, it's a whole thing. Um, Fox, Fox owned them. <laughs> Someone other than Marvel owned Deadpool uh, as a character until relatively recently. So, but it, it, it's R rated. It's bloody. It's gory. Deadpool is an assassin. The Merc with the mouth. He's a wisecracking assassin um, who cuts people up with samurai swords, shoots people in the head, and uh, breaks the fourth wall repeatedly. And it was, you know, it's it's really funny. It's really inventive. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. He he's found his great, niche, hasn't he? He's he's having great fun with with the role, and yeah. it'll be interesting to see because it will happen one day. It'll be interesting to see how they fit Deadpool into the MCU and do they keep the horrific violence? Do they have an R-rated MCU film in the future? Who knows? I mean, why not in a way? Like a lot of, you know, I guess ourselves included, but not not really have sort of grown up with these movies. So the it's kind of like, I suppose, like the Harry Potter franchise, like the the people that were reading those books were teenagers and then, then adults when the final book came out and it could be a lot more dark. So why yeah. why not in the MCU as well? We'll just have to wait and see. It'll exciting, happen one day. Exciting times ahead, Chris. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all of your, all the knowledge. Uh, we some of the back knowledge. Stop, you know, some of the back. knowledge. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you all again very soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.